This is the Nearside Low Podcast, brought to you by Missouri Water Polo. For all highlights, scores, and updates, please visit www.mowaterpolo.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at Nearside Low, or Instagram at Nearside Low underscore podcast. And here we are, folks, the Near Side Aloha podcast with your host, Charlie. This is Ray. We are back, folks. Uh, oh, oh, my voice is cracking a little bit. We'll talk about that later. Jeez. Uh, but, uh, Ray, it feels like I just woke up from a long nap. Uh, when is the last time we uh, we recorded? That's what we were just discussing. I think it was a couple months ago when we talked about uh, Utah and Pennsylvania. But, man, it's good to be talking about polo again. I mean, it's been... It's been a while, and I'm so excited that we've got some spring high school water polo going on in St. Louis. Yes, the weather is nice, polo is alive, and we will say well, maybe right now, yeah, but uh, um, we're hoping we get some season, and uh, yeah, so we're here to talk about what's going on this spring, and uh, among other things. So, uh, glad to have you guys along, and uh, as usual, during the polo season, Ray and I tend to turn it up a notch and try and record, you know, once a week or once every two weeks. Uh, but he's a busy man saving lives, and uh, I'm a semi-busy man trying to teach kids. So uh, we'll we'll do our best. Um, so tonight we're going to do kind of what a season preview. We're going to talk about COVID um, and some other stuff related to that. And uh, you know, in the future, we'll probably have some guests on and see what's going on at other pools. So Ray, I know this first part that you want to talk about is your baby. And so uh, I wanted you to hit it. What do you got? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think we'll start off talking about some of the intriguing things about this spring. I think there's a lot to be excited about, but uh, I kind of wanted to highlight some of the things that I think are going to be most interesting about uh, this year. And then we'll circle back for some of the top teams. So I think one thing that I'm looking forward to this spring is just seeing how, how things go. I mean, it's been a long time without having polo and, uh, Missouri is actually going to be one of the, the first states to be to be going back. I know we started water polo high school practices a little over a week ago, but Cali is also started. But um, Illinois is going to be starting mid-March. Michigan is going to be starting a little bit later. Ohio started just the first of March. Um, and then we've got Florida, Texas, Hawaii, Utah, and Washington all playing uh, at some point this, this, this spring. So, so I was excited to see what's going to be going on across the area i know coach and Ray, do been, you know do you are, are sorry for these groups that are starting later are their seasons going to be extended are they going to be the same length like just shortened because they're starting later or do you know anything about that i know it's not necessarily missouri related but yeah i mean it varies from from state to state i mean i know in some areas of california they were talking about uh three week seasons um i know in in michigan it was just announced that they're going to have to do tests every day that they have any sort of event, like a practice or a game. So a lot of school districts are going to be able to only test maybe three weeks, three times per week. So, so they may have two days of practices and one day of games, which is, which is kind of crazy. So um, so it's going to be interesting to really look across, uh, across these various States to see, see what's going on. Hashtag new normal, Ray hashtag new normal. So, I mean, that's crazy, but I will say, Something is better than nothing. And I think after losing out basically all of last season, um, I would, if I was Michigan, I'd rather practice twice a week and play once a week than not play at all. You know what I mean? So, right, right. On that line, we're getting back COVID. A lot of 
the teams are going to look a lot different uh, this year. I was looking back from the 2019, 2019 rosters, and it looks like only three of the top 15 scoring leaders are back from 2019. I've been talking to a lot of coaches and um, a lot, a lot of the players that whose names that we've heard the last couple seasons aren't around, obviously just because they've graduated. So um, I think the landscape across Missouri is definitely going to be um, a little bit different this year. So a lot of unknowns, a lot yeah. of question marks. I mean, new coaches, new kids. You know, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. I mean, to be honest, like I don't think anybody knows anything about any team other than if it's your own, more or less. You know what I mean? You've heard me. You know, Ray and I were talking before this about teams in the area, and I just, we don't know much. I mean, I think that'll make things really exciting um, in the area this year. One thing I was concerned about was was numbers, and it seems like we've got wide variability across across the area. I know, Coach, it sounds like at Parkway West, you guys have, have pretty good numbers. We did. We, uh, you know, it was one of those where we have an idea of what we think we're going to have on the first day, and then... Uh, we ended up having like, I don't know, 45, 46 kids show up now, obviously not everybody stuck around. We lost three or four there, but I think we're still sitting at 40 plus, um, on the team. And, um, you know, we've had some lean years before, so I'm pretty anti, um, getting rid of kids. Um, you know, I feel like we've got a program where kids buy into what we're doing and they, they get involved in the off season and, um, and maybe they're new to the sport freshman year, but by junior or senior year, they're 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 pretty good, you know. So um, we're happy now. I did hear through the grapevine that maybe Parkway South is going to be varsity only. Is that what you're yeah. here to, right? As of right now, they are. I know I've talked to uh, some of the coaches over there, including uh, Coach Ward, who I know uh, working on trying to get a few more bodies at Parkway South. Um, but I mean, that's always a really strong program that we like seeing. Have some well. notable yeah. time <laughs> um, and. Uh, um, but it seems like most most schools are in the high 20s as far as total athletes. So um, overall stable. But uh, after not having as strong of a club season this year just because of COVID, it's good to see that numbers are at least um, at least reasonable. So Right. OK. All right. And again, it'll be interesting to see how last year plays into all this, you know, and I was talking to I think Coach Casey once. And, you know, if you if you got somebody that tried the sport last year and maybe they were only there for two or three weeks, if we had had a full season and they played a full season, then maybe that was something they were going to end up committing to and continuing on. But, you know, you're introducing new people to the sport and they only play for two or three weeks. Maybe this year they're less likely to come out and stuff. So it'll be interesting to see how numbers are as that group kind of moves on. Um, through through the ranks of polo, so uh, we hope that everybody's doing well, getting getting kids out. And I always say it's never too late, you know. Throw out the fishing line and see what happens. So yeah. And then schedules this year look a lot different. We're not really doing tournaments uh, this year. There's a couple weekends where a couple teams are are together, but um, I mean, usually when we do this podcast, we talk about the Lafayette invite, then we have the Desmet invite, then the Lindbergh invite. It's kind of our benchmarks throughout the season. But this year, it's really just individual games which makes uh makes things a little bit more interesting because teams will only see each other maybe once during the season um and you don't get to get those uh typical uh points during the season so i i've seen teams playing anywhere from eight or nine games to to closer to 15 so coach how are you how are you approaching the, the schedule this well year? you know it is like uh there's so many different variables that, you know, you think about like right now, I think we have like nine or 10 games scheduled and I'm looking to get one or two more, you know, and the question you have to ask yourself is, you know, if you play a team and somebody on that team ends up getting sick, then not only does their team have to quarantine, but your team's going to have to quarantine. And so every time you add a game, 
you increase the potential risk, right? That, you know, there could be a 14 day delay in your season. Um, but at the same time, you want to play in games. So your kids get experience and can practice getting up and down the pool. It'll be very interesting as we were kind of talking before we started recording, you know, I was looking at old schedules. I mean, we were playing in 25 and 30 games, you know, and you'd go to the dismet invite and you play in two or three games a day. And uh, whether you needed to swim laps or not was irrelevant because by the end of the season, you know what I mean? Like your guys were in pretty good, darn good shape because, you know, you're playing in all these all deep facilities, getting up and down the pool. So this year, like I said, is going to be I mean, it's going to be interesting to see because there are some teams that are playing more games. All right. And then there are some teams that aren't playing as many games. You know, who's got a deep bench? Who's got 10 or 12 guys they can throw in? And, and who's got a team where maybe one or two of their top guys get sick and can't play, but then they've got you know, a nine or 10 guy that can get in and do what they're supposed to do. You know what I mean? So it'll be, uh, coaches will really be having to, to earn their paycheck this year as far as what they want to do. And I mean, I always feel like at the end of the season, some of us are probably going to look back hindsight's 2020 and go, ah, I wish I'd done this or, oh, I wish I'd done that. But I mean, you know, you can't, you can't play that game. So, um, I am cautiously optimistic about our schedule. Like I said, I think we have nine, 10 games and we're trying to get one or two more. Um, and, uh, and so we'll see. I don't know. So, I mean, I'm sure everybody everybody in St. Louis has kind of their own idea of what they want to do and how they want to navigate this. Yeah. And, I mean, just before we were coming on air tonight, uh, it was announced that Parkway North is actually shutting down their, their high school for three weeks and going completely virtual. So we're already having some games canceled in the area for, for reasons yeah. outside of, of water polo. But, I mean, they're going to happen at some point during the season. Hopefully not very many, but um, something that's definitely playing into the minds of totally coaches. Yeah. The, the thought process is hopefully for Parkway North, like this is their bump in the road. And when they get back, they'll be fine for the rest of the season. Because, again, that that would be my fear that our bump in the road, if we have one, is at the end of the season. You know what I mean? When you, you want to be firing on all cylinders and then it's like, oh, so I don't know. And I mean, you know, we just you, you just kind of um, as I told my girls cross country runners, obviously unrelated to water polo, but I told them. Part of this is luck. You know what I mean? You, you kind of got to get lucky. And uh, there are choices, obviously, kids can make to be safe and do smart things and stuff like that. But sometimes you don't control who you're sitting by. You know what I mean? Um, so so I don't know. It'll be interesting. So, I mean, one of the cool things about this spring is that I don't know that at any point in my recent memory that so many states were, are playing water polo with their high schools at the same time. I mean, usually California is playing in the fall. Michigan's playing in the fall. Ohio's playing in the fall, and because of COVID, those seasons were canceled, and so they were moved to this spring. So I, I can't remember a time when so many school, so many states were playing water polo simultaneously. Um, so we're trying to gather some data just to see what we're seeing with water polo across the country. By by reports, um, as we talked to to, uh, to Jason Grubb in Pennsylvania and Sean Stringham in Utah, um, we're not really seeing transmission through water polo, but trying to quantify that I think could be uh, tremendously helpful and give us a little bit more um, comfort. So, um, definitely that's one other thing that will be going well, on. Ray, come on. You got to enlighten us a little bit more about that. You sent an yeah. email out. that has yeah. got a survey on it, right? You and some people that wa you work with at wash are at, uh, at the hospital. Yes. Or wash you. Yeah. So we're doing a survey at wash you. And, uh, basically we're going to be asking coaches throughout the season just to fill out the number of practices that they have, number of games, number of quarantines, number of, of kids that, um, contract COVID. As I said, hopefully those numbers are are very low, but um, until you actually have the data, it's, and particularly, I mean, we're seeing, as we talked about earlier, Michigan's making their kids take tests every single day. Some states aren't doing anything at all. 
Um, and it would be nice to have some data to take to, to, to the support, various legislative yeah, policies. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. To support, I mean, do they need to be testing every day? Eh, probably not. Do they need to be doing absolutely nothing? Eh, probably not. You know what I mean? There's probably, you know, it's like there's the, the, the right answer is probably somewhere in the middle between those. But, you know, if you have data as, as a science teacher, if you have data to support that, um, definitely be beneficial. So I know Ray has worked hard uh, to get that together. And it sounds like he's gotten pretty good responses from St. Louis coaches, and uh, he's reaching out to coaches from all over the country. So right. if you listen to us by any chance and you're not from Missouri um, and uh, you know coaches, make sure that they hopefully respond yes and and uh, give Ray and uh, Ray and the crew some info so that we yeah. can uh, we can we can start putting some uh, stuff together. Cool. All right. Um, and so one of the things that I think is going to be kind of interesting this year, um, and Ray, we kind of talked about this too, is uh, fans. I mean, one of the exciting parts about going to a good water polo game, and I think you would agree, is the place gets a little rowdy sometimes, especially if it's a good game against two really good teams. Um, and my understanding, um, at least for Parkway, is if we're hosting games just because of our venues – um, which are a little bit smaller. You've all been to Parkway West, all right? And if we have a visiting team and they've got all their stuff on one end of the pool and you got us and we got all our stuff on one end of the pool, there's not going to be any room for spectators. So my understanding right now, is especially uh, as with Parkway, if we're hosting a game, we're not allowed to have, uh, we're not allowed to have parents in the stands. So we're going to do our best. Um, I know we've got a kind of a Longhorn network that uh, tries to stream events and stuff like that. So we're going to do our best to stream games. Um, for our parents and stuff like that. But that's going to be interesting um, to kind of go and obviously, you know, the varsity will be there to yell at the J cheer on the JV and vice versa and stuff. But um, it'll, uh, I don't know. It'll be, it'll be interesting. What do you know about other schools Are other schools allowing fans? Do you know, or. Yeah. So, I mean, I, it sounds like it comes down to the, the school district's decision. decision. And I think depending on where you are, it's going to, it's going to be different, but I mean, it seems like at most um, the schools are allowing maybe two parents to come to the game. So it's not, it's definitely not going to be um, the normal environment, which, um, which in some ways is, is, is sad. I mean, I always love sitting in that Parkway West auditorium or Parkway West pool when it's packed or the Lindbergh, Lindbergh pool when they've got fans packed in there. So definitely will be different this year, but I, I hope that um, the streaming might be a, opportunity i mean obviously with this covid uh pandemic we've been trying to see what we can learn from it and uh maybe this year we might be able to just have some more games streamed which i think would be a, a great opportunity and might allow us to see some more polo around the area um might be able to some something that we can see more going forward so i know earlier tonight we had the referee meeting and uh steve adcock who uh gratefully is serving as our uh, head referee again this year um, was talking about trying to to find out a little bit more about who's going to be streaming and maybe get that out. So, uh, yeah, so that's, that's was, one thing I look forward to. I was, well, first of all, Miguel, you're going to have to stop coaching at Slap and Wool. You're going to have to stop coaching at Eureka. You two can become the official <laughs> announcers of any and all streaming games in the state of Missouri. So uh, get ready to roll. But piggybacking off that, Ray, I think it would be a good idea if we could somehow network who's streaming when and get all that stuff posted on the water polos website so that, you know, people could, if they wanted to jump on and check it out. And, and I know our parents and, and I feel bad, you know, our parents that they want to see their kids play. Um, and obviously in person is a heck of a lot better than on, on, on TV. But, uh, 
uh, streaming can can have its benefits. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see how that goes. So we'll try and coincide, and maybe we'll maybe we'll have a game of the week or something like that. You know that we can tell everybody you should watch this one because we think it's going to be a good one, and we'll know it's streamed. So we'll post it on the water polo, but that'll be a little bit later down the road. Cool. All right, uh, Ray. You also have mentioned in here staying at the same ends or switching during a game. Team sitting on different sides. So talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, so, I mean, it'll be interesting this year. I mean, watching some of the NCAA games uh, that are played in all deep pools, um, the teams aren't switching ends, um, so they're all staying at the same on the same side. I've heard that even in some situations, not necessarily college and shallow deep pools, teams are just staying, uh, staying at the same ends. It, I, I, there's also been talk of having teams uh, in the shallow deep pools sitting on s- separate sides of the pool. That way... Um, they can stay spread out um, during the game um, to prevent any sort of chance that there's any sort of COVID spread through uh, where teams are sitting. So, um, so I mean, that, that'll be different. I mean, I think in some of our pools, like, for instance, the Lindbergh um, or even MICDS, where um, there's not really any advantage to being on one side of the pool right. or the other. Um, I think we may see some modifications like that um, as well, which are just just a little bit different. Well, so Ray, tell me a little bit about, I know that your brother is, uh, you we were just talking a little bit earlier about how your brother was playing in a game out in California, you know, at, co- at the college level. Are they wearing masks while they're sitting on the bench and then they demask and jump in? Like, wh- what is that all? I mean, what is, wh- what can we expect this high school season? Yeah, I mean, no, they're, they're spread out on the bench, maybe a little bit uh, more than usual. And they're wearing masks, which um, is interesting because it also slows down the game a little bit because, I mean, if you think about it, you're, you're wearing a mask which you got to put over your ears most times, depending on the right. mask. So in order to come into the game, you got to take off your cap, take off your mask, oh, yeah. retie okay. your cap. So it, it does, it does slow things down a little bit. Obviously there, are, there are different types of masks, but yeah, I think, I mean, things are a little bit different and obviously teams aren't, aren't shaking hands at the end of games and some of the, some of the normal things that you're, you're used to seeing. So definitely, definitely not back to, to normal yet. Okay. All right. Good. Okay. So I know we are very blessed at Parkway West to have our own pool. And we do like to complain about how old it is at times. Um, but it's really, really nice being able to walk, I don't know, uh, about, you know, 50 feet down a hallway and bam, we're there. Um, and unfortunately, not all schools have that benefit. Um, and I know with COVID, there have been, I think, some hiccups because some pools that people tend to rent and use aren't available. Is that right, Ray? Yeah, I mean, so some of the typicals, I mean, Slew High is usually always over at Forest Park Community College, and uh, that pool is currently drained, so I know they've been kind of bouncing around the St. Louis area. Um, some of the some of the pools, I know I usually play with Clayton, uh, Clayton Water Polo uh, Masters team, and normally we can rent from Ladue, and Ladue's not renting to any outside groups this year, which I think affects uh, some schools that normally, normally rent from them. So I know some of the other schools like DeSmet, and such are also bouncing around to different pools. So it's it, from what it sounds like, it sounds like teams have been able to make accommodations, but it's also just a little bit different that schedules this year are a little bit different for how, how people are practicing. And I know you just got off a Zoom call with the refs, and there are some new rules. And I'm going to talk about the first one because I am darn excited about it. <laughs> All right. Uh, and the goalie can cross half now. So, you know, I've been, I've been scheming my, I guess we'd call it, seven on six secret plays uh, for the end of the game. Um, it'll be nice because, you know, we always, you know, run, you know, one of our 
you know, bread and butters was the old press to steal, but the goalie can never cross half. And so I guess a goalie can take a five meter shot now. And so there's a lot of new variables. Um, it, it, it adds some, uh, it adds some wrinkles to everything. So I'm kind of excited to see how that plays out. Um, and it'll be fun for the goalies. You know, I mean, I think there's always that bit where it's like, you know, coach, can I shoot, you know, coach, we got to let Jimmy get a shot. He's the goalie, you know, <laughs> and everybody gets excited about it and stuff. And I mean, here's an opportunity for, I mean, maybe you got a goalie with a cannon, uh, you know, step in and, and, uh, you know, maybe end of the game, games on the line, you're kind of a man advantage. Pulling the goalie similar to hockey in some regards, which would be kind of cool. So that one I stole. You got anything you want to add about that? or? Yeah, no, I mean, I. <laughs> they always say that the goalie should be one of your best athletes in the pool. So I, I think a lot of the goalies are are excited about that rule. Hopefully, uh, we'll call him out, but hopefully we'll, we might be able to have Tom Ray uh, on here later this year to talk a little bit about goalie stuff. But um, I, I think that one's definitely uh, definitely an interesting rule change. So All right. uh, some of why the other the corner throw that one's yeah. kind of boring to me, Ray. I don't know. It just doesn't excite me. Why? Why, why is that a great rule change? Talk to me. I mean, so it, it makes things a lot quicker um, from the corner. I mean, I as I said, I've been playing with Masters, and I can't tell you the number of times already that people are sleeping and not really paying attention to that. I mean, particularly if you're not thinking about it, I feel like you could get a lot of goals, particularly in the six lane pools. Um, early in the season, just because people aren't, aren't, uh, ready to go. I mean, oftentimes what would happen is the defense who was defending that, that guy at the corner would just drop in on two meter because the guy had to get the ball live before, uh, he could do anything with it. But now with this, this new rule, that guy's live right away. So it'll speed up the action a little bit and you may get some, some goals coming from uh, the two meter line, which, uh, cool. Putting the ball in play, then shooting outside the six meter. Enlighten us. Yeah, so, I mean, one of the, in past seasons, if you were fouled outside the five, you could shoot immediately. Um, or if you didn't shoot immediately, you needed to pass before you could shoot it again. And it, with the new rule, they moved that line from the five meter to the six meter line. But now you could shoot right away, or you could put the ball into play and then shoot. So, again, it, it, is there to open up more offense and give uh, give more availability for that and for that and right? Player. What would we, we what do we define as putting the ball in play? So I get fouled outside the six. What what are a couple things I could do that would denote the ball is live and I can shoot? Yeah, so that's actually going to be another point of emphasis, which uh, is going to be interesting to see. So um, you can either put the ball down, you can either pop it, you can pass it. Faking is not putting the ball into play. Ah. Um, so I think you're going to actually see some contra fouls or turnovers called uh, early in the season because players aren't putting the ball into play. One of the reasons why that's so important this year is because because of this rule where you can either shoot immediately or put the ball into play and then shoot is that you got to show the defense when they can come guard you. And if you're not putting the ball into play, that's kind of a kind of an advantage to the offense. So okay. um, that'll be something else coaches are going to have to really emphasize to their players this year. And then last but certainly not least, fouling from behind. Yeah, and, and the rule book also this year talks a little bit more about if you're falling from behind inside the six, even if the player is holding the ball, um, that's not a reason not to call a foul now. So you may have yeah, more five meters this year or more more fouls uh, being called. So, I mean, if there was ever a year to read the rule book, it's this one. I think not only the referees, but the coaches, the athletes are all going to get have to get used to these new rules. But um, I think it opens up for a more exciting game and be excited to see how it goes. If you have any questions, 
Uh, you can send them to Steve Adcock at uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 Questions or complaints? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Steve. Um, okay. Uh, so moving on, let's, we got some new faces in the area. I recognize a couple of them. Um, and, uh, Ray, I know you, you know, Rob at Kirkwood. So why don't you talk about him and, and I'll take one or two of the other. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's great to see some new faces, uh, on the sidelines at Kirkwood. They've got a whole, uh, new staff, Rob Pegler, who we'll talk about here in a second. He's been doing a lot with lions and girls. Water polo is taking, uh, over at Kirkwood. Um, Jared, who, um, graduated from there a couple years ago um, and then went to play at Monmouth, is going to be his assistant. Um, Kirkwood, I think, should have a pretty good team this year, is returning some some players. So so I'm excited for those guys over there, and we'll be excited to see Kirkwood play this year. All right. Uh, and at CBC, uh, Nikki Barella. And Nikki was a Kirkwood graduate, and she played where at collegiately, Coach? Uh, so she played at Mercyhurst, okay. um, had a good collegiate career up there, uh, knows, knows the game well, and... Uh, Excited to see her uh, contributing, uh, Nikki. If you're listening, uh, I'm trying to schedule a little game with CBC. So <laughs> you know, uh, I know you reached out to me a while back, but we got to talk, try and get something in the books. And then, uh, so congrats to her. And then this guy, I mean, a water polo legend around here, Dave Miller. Uh, he's you know just keeps coaching, which is awesome. Um, and if you don't know Dave, I don't know how many, eh, probably about four or five episodes ago, I think we sat down with him and learned quite a bit about him. But he is. Taken over the helm at JBS. Which is great. I mean, Burroughs, I mean, I remember when I played uh, early 2000s. I mean, they had some really good teams. They had some good players. Over the years, they've also had strong teams. And they've kind of had, over the last few years, their program hasn't been as strong. But, yeah, Dave, I mean, Dave did a great job over at Lindenwood. Um, knows so much about the game. And I think um, it'll be exciting to see him over there with that new and pool. Is, uh, is, yeah, new so, pool. That's what I was yeah. going to ask. Is Dave yeah. getting a new pool? Is it done? Yeah, I've I've heard they're using the Burroughs pool this year. I think it's all deep, um, so it's another. Uh, it's great to have another all deep course, and uh, it, lucky, I think lucky. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think there's a lot of excitement over at Burroughs um, this year uh, as well. Cool, so, that's awesome. Um, all right, yeah. Um, so it's great. In addition to those coaches, there's a few others. I know Dan Walsh, who played at Slough High and then went to Boston College, is uh, the JV coach over at Smet. So excited to see him uh, coaching over there and. Uh, I mean, all the all these people are gonna uh, do great things for our area, and great to see uh, new faces around the pool. Cool. All right. Awesome. And coach, you already mentioned we talk about this a lot on the <laughs> podcast, and uh, obviously we, we might have some connections at KMOV. But uh, it sounds like there was a little bit of water polo in the news uh, the other week. Why don't you tell us about that? Yeah. And so one other thing we wanted to highlight uh, for this introductory episode it was girls water polo in the area. I mean, one of the, one of the clubs that really uh, I think. Excel did well over the last couple months was Lions Water Polo, which is the all girls uh, water polo team, which uh, was started by Rob Pegler and has been they've been doing a great, great job there. Abby Vermeer uh, has also been helping with that that program, as well as uh, Scott Summers from Marquette. Strong, strong program. There was a, a spot uh, last week on KMOV, uh, likely due to our friend uh, John O'Sullivan. Just highlighting the growth this year. I know this year, I think there's already five girls teams that have committed. I think there's a few more that they're trying to work on, but maybe this will be the year with the girls state championship. I know they're trying to figure that out. And I know they've already talked about how uh, Grace Brisky is going to be going to play at Mercyhurst next year. Um, it's great to see girls water polo growing. It's one way to grow the sport and uh, definitely opening up more opportunities. So should uh, another thing to keep an eye on for this spring here in Missouri. 
Well, Ray, that's about all I have. I know you want to maybe uh, jump into uh, some of the top teams in the area. Um, you know, I'm not too inclined to talk about <laughs> that, but you're you're always more than welcome to to throw out what you think, and I'll be happy to I'll be happy to reflect after you talk. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, so. One of the most exciting things for me this year is that we, we there there's a lot of unknowns as we talked about earlier. So I there is not a top ten that has been released yet by Missouri Water Polo. So I'd be curious to hear your opinions to tweet at us your top teams. Uh, from my perspective, I mean, I think I wasn't paid to say this, but I think Parkway <laughs> West uh, Parkway West is a pretty strong team uh, returning this year. I'm curious to obviously see Slew High, who uh, always is a strong team. Kirkwood is a team that re- returns some starters and uh, could have a competitive group. And then obviously your your usual teams of Parkway South, Lindbergh are there. I've heard, I, I've not uh, talked to Coach Clay over at Ledoux, but I, I think they, they lost some players. I mean, I think across the board, Parkway South, they didn't mention them. Across the board, a lot of, a lot of coaches are trying to figure out what they have. So, I mean, yeah. there's a number of teams oh. I did not mention that could end up there. And part of it may just be my own ignorance and not knowing some of these players. But it, the, the fun thing about the season is there's going to be a lot of, a lot of teams that are going to be competing, I think, for those top spots, which could make uh, each week of a lot of discussion. Pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally, I agree with you. A lot of question marks and, you know, I was, I've been kind of out of the club scene for a while. So I, I just, I don't know what those younger groups look like. Um, and, you know, but reflecting on to uh, the, some of the JV games, the last couple of years, um, you know, Ledoux, Lindbergh, Parkway West, Slew, I mean, there were some, there were some really good battles. So you got to envision those kids are, you know, a year older, two years older in some cases and stuff like that. So um, I, you know, I'm excited. Should be fun. I got nothing else, Ray. You got anything else you want to add? I don't. You do not. Okay, awesome. So, well, folks, we're glad uh, we're glad to have you back with us, and uh, we will uh, we'll try and pump some stuff out week by week. Tweet at us, email us. So, this is Charlie. This is Ray, and we're signing off. <laughs>